This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. The NTL Now podcast is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Max Driving Academy, Jimmy's Park Hotel, Mansfield University, and Thompson Sports and Apparel. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, here's Shane Wilbur. It's time to add a little extra sports flavor into your week with another edition of the NTL Now podcast and glad to be back with you yet again. Yes, as you heard, Shane Wilbur here with you one more time as we get ready for yet another great week of the NTL Now podcast. Of course, coming up this week, well, as promised, of course, we will uh, obviously dive into some Northern Tier League football action as week one is complete. Week two is on the horizon. We'll talk a lot about that coming up here as the episode goes on. Also, we've got some girls soccer action we are going to talk about as well. i uh, got some special guests this week on the podcast too that we're going to talk about and uh, talk with, I should say. So stick around for that as the episode continues on. Uh, coming up a little bit later on this week, kind of a double dip in the coach's corner as we will talk with girls soccer coach from Northeast Bradford, Josh Thoman. Also uh, talking NTL football this week with the newcomer on the block as we We'll talk with Wyalusing Rams head coach Henry Labarani. Of course, uh, Coach Labarani, he's got to be excited after the Rams post a week one victory. So, yes, we'll definitely uh, talk with him and looking forward to talking with Coach Thoman as well, as we always like to try and get, uh, you know, some new coaches, new blood, new voices, you know, try to spread that love around the Northern Tier League as much as possible. So definitely looking forward, uh, rather, to having those guys on a little bit later on this week. Also, coming up here in just a little bit as we dive into the week one recap. Hey, we're going to have some sounds of the night on the way as well. Uh, I, of course, had the privilege of being in Sayre last Friday night for the Sayre Tawanda football game. Uh, cut up some audio clips of that, so you'll have some sound of the night recap uh, coming up here in just a little bit too. So, yes, glad to have everybody along this week. I know it's been kind of uh, crazy weather-wise. I mean, we got uh, hit with some heat and humidity at the beginning of the week. Hurricane Ida brings in some precipitation here in the middle of the week and now we kind of uh, get ready for our Friday night and or Saturday uh, football action as well so definitely looking forward to kind of cramming in some NTL sports talk here as the podcast continues but with that said as you know every week hey we've got always got uh, those great sponsors to thank so we're going to step aside quickly we'll uh, thank a couple of those and when we come back hey we're going to dive into some NTL week one football recapping so yeah stick around for that that's coming up right here on the NTL Now podcast after this quick timeout. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It linked highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. You've got the newly permitted teenage driver in the family, but the patience to teach them just isn't there. That's why you call Max Driving Academy in Canton. Max Driving Academy will make sure your teenage driver is ready to be the safest driver on the road. 
That's Max Driving Academy. Call Tim McAninch today, 570-404-7815. Or for more information, visit maxdrivingacademy.com or like Max Driving Academy on Facebook. That's Max Driving Academy, Canton. That's right, a big thanks to Max Driving Academy and, of course, all of our sponsors who make the NTL Now podcast possible each and every week. Remember, give them all uh, a big thank you as well on all of their Facebook pages and or ways to uh, get in contact with them for uh, being a part of this great production each and every week. Of course, you'll hear more of those great sponsors as the podcast continues on here this week. Speaking of that, Shane Wilber here with you. Thank you so much again for tuning in here this week, no matter how you are downloading, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, of course, Spotify, or ntlsports.com. No matter how you listen, definitely appreciated, and uh, we'll definitely try to keep uh, the episodes churning out for you to make it uh, a well-worthwhile download for sure. Now, as I said, heading into the commercial break, it was going to be a week one recap time here for uh, the NTL Now podcast. Of course, last week, week one of the NTL football season getting underway, and I've got to be honest, I think after week one, uh, there are probably still a lot of questions left to be answered uh, more than uh, actual answers that we got, uh, you know, from uh, what week one was going to bring. I think, uh, you know, some questions, though, that were definitely answered were, you know, was Sayre going to be a high-powered offense? Yes, that question has been answered. I got to watch that in person. I think Braden Horton, I think Lucas Horton, I think Dom Fabry, I think Jake Bennett, I think David Northrup. I think those guys are poised to have a really good season and really make uh, the Redskin faithful proud. On the other side, you know, for the Tawanda Black Knights, yes, we knew they were going to be young, but I do believe uh, that's a team that is going to grow throughout the season. I do believe they have some pieces that uh, are going to be really nice to work with. I think uh, Riley Vanderpool is a freshman. He's got a very big ceiling, a very big upside. I really liked what I saw out of the freshman running on Friday night. Uh, I think Ryan West is poised for a really good season as well. I mean, I think both of those guys really ran the ball hard uh, for Coach Dossie and uh, that offensive coordinating staff as they really put together, you know, I thought uh, some good flashes even though, uh, you know, they were defeated. However, you know, I think it all starts with the signal caller, and I think Grady Flynn showed some very good poise, you know, in his first varsity start. Now, of course, you know, he did make some mistakes, something that you do expect out of your starting quarterback, you know, who's starting his first varsity game. But on the flip side, you know, I look at him as a kid who I don't think is going to make that big mistake that may cost you a game. Now, on the flip side, I do not know if, you know, he's going to be that kid that, you know, you can lean on to throw 30 times a game, you know, if that's what's going to be called on. But on the on the other side of that coin, you know, I do believe he is kind of that uh, steadier, uh, maybe more poised quarterback, I think, in the pocket where, you know, Coach Dossie and the staff can really lean on him not to go out and make, you know, that crucial mistake that might hurt them or keep them away from a win later on. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting interesting to see how this team grows together but overall I really liked what I saw out of Tawanda and I really think this is a team that you're going to want to play sooner uh, rather than later now of course you know they got to buckle up the chin straps and get ready for a date at Canton this coming Friday but hey you know it's kind of a growing process right now and I think the building blocks are definitely there uh, coming up uh, for the Black Knights this season. 
Now, of course, as I said, you know, I was there in person. I had an opportunity to uh, watch this game kind of unfold in person, you know, and uh, kind of as a treat this week for the listeners uh, here of the NTL Now podcast. Uh, if you missed out on it and did not hear the radio broadcast uh, this past Friday over at Sarah, I've got a little treat for you. Uh, some sounds of the night uh, from last week's Sarah and Tawanda football action. So, folks, kick back, relax, enjoy kind of this two-minute recap coming at you right here here on the NTL Now podcast. Snap is clean to Braden Horton. He drops back. Corner route. Lucas Horton, and that ball is caught inside the 20-yard box. First and goal play now for the Redskins. Ball at the 2-on-9. Hand off to Northrop. He goes left side. David Northrop will pound his way in. Logan Lambert now sets up for the 23-yard field goal attempt, and he will put it through, and the Black Knights are on the board. As Horton now drops back. Quick throw out here on the far side. That's Hubbard. Hubbard makes the man miss. He's got a first down across the 45. Third down, short yardage again. Hand off Bennett, left side, and Jake Bennett will go in from four yards out for the Redskins touchdown. Flynn's going to keep it, throws over the middle, and Woodburn is in the clear. And Woodburn with the touchdown for the Black Knight. What a nice play design that time as Quinn Woodburn comes away with a 38-yard touchdown reception. Snap is clean, hand off to Northrop, and he will pull the pile into the end zone. And David Northrop from three yards out will add his second touchdown of the night. Horton inside his own 20, makes the return. Horton makes the cut. Here comes Lucas Horton, 40, 45, midfield, and there he goes. 25, 20, and touchdown for the Redskins and IT Northwest. Throw far side to Fabry. Fabry makes a move and inside the end zone he goes from seven yards out and the lead now will extend to 40 to nine. And there you have some sounds of the night from this past Friday over at the Lockhart Street Bowl as the Sarah Redskins, as you just heard there at the end of the clip, uh, extended their lead to 40 to nine. The game would actually end up 46 to nine in favor of the Sarah Redskins. But yes, as I said, just an absolute uh, offensive clinic uh, by the Redskins that night. But hey, don't let uh, the score fool you. That uh, Tawanda team is definitely going to have something to say here as the uh, second half of the season and uh, even the rest of this first half uh, kind of come away. You know, I mean, you learn, you learn more week by week, and uh, I really feel like that team is definitely going to grow. So we'll see uh, what adjustments are made this week as the Black Knights get ready to head to Canton. Now on the other side, I know Sayre is tentatively scheduled right now to play Kalineski Valley coming up this Friday night. Will that game happen? Will that game not happen? I'm not really sure. I've seen some things uh, through the media this week that uh, Kalineski Valley reached out uh, for another ball game this week uh, from the fact that uh, their game with Sayre may have been canceled. I haven't heard anything 
anything official. So you are going to have to be uh, the sports people this week and kind of find out uh, for yourself if this game is going to be played. Uh, at last check, uh, I saw that uh, Kalineski Valley and Riverside, uh, who were originally going to try and play this Saturday, that game got canceled as well. So I don't know what's going on with the schedule. I don't know if Kalineski is going to play Riverside. I don't know if they're going to play Sayre. But uh, keep your eyes on the sports pages, and we shall see how this one uh, all comes unfolding here as the week goes on. All right, now let's get to another matchup uh, from week one, and uh, let's talk about the Canton Warriors, huh? What a dominant performance for Canton this past Saturday, 48-7 to over the North Penn Mansfield Panthers. I thought, uh, you know, in kind of reading some of the recap and such, actually listening to it uh, on my way to go DJ a wedding this weekend, uh, you know, obviously uh, I think a slow start was uh, in the works for the Warriors. You know, unfortunately not what uh, the coaching staff had hoped to see, but, uh, you know, it uh, kind of just came to fruition that way. But, uh, you know, as the game went on, as those guys kind of got into the rhythm of the game, it just seemed to all come uh, together and uh, for Canton. I think depth was the uh, key for the Warriors uh, this past Saturday, and uh, depth indeed. I mean, I think they had, what, six, maybe seven different ball carriers, including the quarterback, Cooper Kitchen. Uh, nobody really had uh, any big yardage as far as, uh, like, big numbers and such. But the carries that every player had were very effective. You know, I know uh, Michael Davis for the Warriors, he had a couple of touchdowns. Riley Davis was, uh, or Riley Parker, I should say, not Riley Davis, but Riley Parker. He was all over the field uh, this past Saturday, not only uh, forcing a fumble defensively, he also had, uh, you know, a touchdown run himself, as including a punt return too. So, I mean, Riley Parker doing it as well for the Warriors. And, of course, uh, you know, you look at uh, how well the senior Cooper Kitchen played at quarterback, just kind of guiding this offense along. So, I mean, there are so many integral pieces for this Warriors team, both offensively and defensively, that the depth on both sides of the ball, uh, a lot of guys who are kind of interchangeable, a lot of guys who can play multiple positions, I think that's going to help them as the season goes on. Of course, uh, North Penn Mansfield, you know, talking with Coach Dickinson at Media Day, he knew his team was going to be young. Uh, there was going to be uh, kind of some growing pains, I think, this year for the Panthers. And, you know, I think, though, they have uh, potentially – uh, found, I guess I should say, not found, but maybe, uh, you know, kind of learned that uh, Cam Fabian this year, I think, is poised for a really, really good senior year. Now, of course, uh, you know, the, the Warriors defense is very fast, uh, but Fabian was still able to kind of make his mark here from time to time, and uh, he is definitely uh, a guy that opposing defenses are going to have to account for as this year goes on. Of course, uh, you know, starting quarterback Carson Dominic, who was making his first start for the North Penn Mansfield Panthers, uh, you know, he's only going to grow from here. And, you know, it takes a lot to, I think, digest Coach Dickinson's offense. And, uh, you know, for uh, Dominic to be in his first year as the starter, you know, he's going to have a lot of learning and a lot of quick growing up to do. And uh, we'll see how this North Penn Mansfield team uh, comes along here as this season goes on. Now, of course, this past Saturday wasn't just a day for daytime football, but also nighttime football as well as the Troy Trojans enjoy 
avoid their home opener uh, at Alperon Park, taking on the Bald Eagle Area Eagles. I think a lot of folks were curious to see how Troy would come out uh, for their week one game. Of course, uh, a team that lost a lot of veteran experience from last year. I mean, you can't graduate, uh, you know, a three-year starting quarterback uh, in uh, senior Dom Ayers from a, se or from a season ago, I should say. Of course, uh, losing Colin Binford on the outside. Also, of course, uh, you know, Nick Williams and uh, a slew of others uh, out there too. Of course, you know, even some linemen in there as well. I mean, when you're breaking in new starters, you're obviously going to have, you know, uh, some struggles, especially uh, in week one. Now, for the Trojans to be held scoreless, you know, don't sound the alarm just yet. I mean, Bald Eagle area was a team that was returning, I believe, 17 starters this year. I think eight were on offense, nine were on defense. So, I mean, this was a team that uh, even though had a 2-6 and six record a year ago, still was a team that uh, was very formidable and, uh, you know, still had uh, a very good uh, core group coming back. And, of course, uh, you know, when you see uh, Bald Eagle area on your schedule, you know you're going to get a lot of speed and a lot of tough, hard-nosed kids as well. So uh, a very uh, formidable opponent there uh, for the Trojans in Week 1. Now, of course, uh, you know, talking uh, with my broadcast partner, Kenny Lane, you know, he had the call of this one. Uh, this past Saturday night at Alperon Park, and he said, you know, Troy, uh, I think it was really just their inability to get the ball into the red zone which uh, really hurt them. You know, I mean, they could find some flashes here and there, but just never really put together that complete drive of the night to really kind of get the uh, momentum sparked in their favor. And any time they uh, would get a little something going, uh, Bald Eagle speed would kind of come into play defensively. So... I mean, there's still uh, a lot of season to be played here for the Trojans. Obviously, uh, they're going to figure it out, and uh, there's just too much talent on that Troy team uh, to see them get shut out uh, week in and week out. So definitely expecting a big bounce back this week. Uh, you know, So we'll see if uh, those seniors up front and Mason Impt and Eli Crane uh, can open up some big holes this week as the Trojans get ready to head to Athens. Now, of course, uh, Damian Landon uh, in his uh, senior season this year, for the Trojans uh, you know he had some tough sledding going on on uh, Saturday night too you know I mean when you have uh, a defense like Bald Eagle Arias who's uh, very fast to the ball uh, they were pretty much swarming him all night so uh, expecting a big night as well coming up this Friday uh, from Damian Landon too uh, and especially if the Trojans uh, want to find that first win this year they're definitely going to need a big bounce back week uh, up front and uh, from the backs as well uh, heading into this one now on the other side let's talk the Athens Wildcats who we said you know will be hosting Troy coming up this Friday Athens with a big win over Hanover nice to see them get out to a good start out of the blocks of course uh, with returning talent in junior quarterback Mason Lister seniors on uh, you know the skill set as well with uh, Shane Reed JJ Babcock Carter Rude so I mean Athens getting out and about on a good start as well here for uh, their season two. And, of course, uh, you know, over on the uh, other side as well in uh, our Tioga County teams, uh, Wellsboro, unfortunately, uh, you know, came out, uh, put together a good start to the ball game, but unfortunately the numbers game, the depth game, uh, kind of caught up to them late uh, with Montoursville as Montoursville kind of took control of that one uh, later on. But uh, as you know, uh, Coach Hildebrand, he's got a lot of talent over there with Wellsboro. He always finds a way. Uh, to get the most out of his teams 
as the season goes on. So, yes, we'll uh, look forward to seeing how the Hornets bounce back here, and uh, we'll talk about them coming up in the Week 2 preview here in just a little bit. Now, of course, Kalineski Valley, uh, a team that found themselves shut out this week, uh, kind of rough sledding. I think for the Indians this week, unfortunately, they went down to South Williamsport. Uh, they got the first half in, and uh, with the game at 13 to nothing uh, at halftime, uh, Kalineski Valley really had uh, you know things going their way. I think Friday night, you know, only being down 13 to nothing, uh, they had found some things a, a little bit uh, offensively with some of their skilled guys. Unfortunately, Mother Nature comes into play, and that game gets delayed, and then they have to go back and finish it Monday. So uh, South Williamsport then kind of was a little rested a little more rejuvenated and uh, they come away with the big win over the Indians but now you've got Kalineski Valley who had to play a second half of a varsity game on Monday they got to turn around get ready for another game coming up this weekend opponent uh, to be determined so we'll see how the Indians bounce back but uh, we'll look forward uh, to seeing hopefully uh, a good successful uh, night out of them coming up here uh, as uh, week two gets ready to head to the horizon. All right, well, you know what? I need uh, a little bit of a drink of water here, so I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to thank some more sponsors. And when we come back, hey, we're going to dive in to Week 2 NTL football action. That's right, the Week 2 NTL football preview comes your way next, so keep it here on the NTL Now podcast. Endless Mountain Brace Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. Jimmy's Park Hotel in Canton is geared up and ready for the fall sports season. Stop into Jimmy's today and find out about all their great weekly promotions, including Northern Tier Night on Wednesdays for teachers, staff, and employees. Don't forget about Thirsty Thursday with pizza pitcher specials and, of course, football weekends, including Yingling Drafts on Saturday and Miller Light Drafts on Sunday. Follow Jimmy's Park Hotel on Facebook for more details and, of course, their weekly dinner specials. Call 570-673-8777. Welcome back here on the NTL Now podcast this week. And, uh, folks, I've got to be honest with you. I told you a fib. I'm sorry. I did not go and find a drink of water. Unfortunately, I did not have a water bottle inside my fridge. However, I did find uh, an ice cold Pepsi. So there you go. I took a Pepsi break. There you go, huh? little entertainment for you today. All right, Shane Wilber here with you. The NTL Now podcast rolls on, and we are getting ready to preview week two here in just a short. Now, of course, some of you out there may be saying to yourself, hey, you didn't talk about why losing in that week one recap. Well, I know that. I purposely did that because coming up here a little bit later on in the show, uh, I'm going to talk with why losing head coach Henry Labarani, and uh, I'm going to let him kind of uh, help break down the week one recap and, of course, uh, get him involved into the week two preview as well. So I'm going to save a lot of the why losing football talk uh, for Coach Labarani uh, coming up here a little bit later on in the podcast. But with that being said, let's dive in now 
to some Week 2 matchups here on the NTL slate. Uh, we're going to start with an interesting one, I think, coming up here on Friday night. Two uh, area teams in the Northern Tier League, Montgomery and Northwest area. I think Montgomery might be uh, a very underrated, uh, you know, kind of opponent here this year. I think uh, that program has kind of been building over these last couple of years. I think finally, you know, they've got uh, some upperclassmen that are ready to make uh, a very good mark for them. Of course, Montgomery last week getting the win over Hughesville. Now they turn their attention towards Northwest area. You know, Northwest, I think, still kind of the unknown uh, as far as our league goes. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what uh, transpires with Northwest area here this year you know I know I was talking to some of the kids at media day and uh, they were definitely excited to be in the northern tier league excited to see you know how they would perform here uh, during this season of course and uh, you know for them uh, to get into this league and uh, to have their first game against Columbia Montour Votech last week uh, you know Northwest Kind of got the confidence going. They got a big win, 61-6 to over uh, Columbia Montour Votech. But now this week, it's a different animal. You know, you've got a Montgomery team who traditionally tends to be very scrappy. You know, a team that uh, will definitely come out and uh, look forward to, uh, you know, kind of being aggressive. You know, they're going to want to get that win. So Northwest better have the helmets buckled up and ready to go. And for Montgomery, you know, I think a win here on Friday, getting themselves 2-0 and uh, in the small school division, I think that's going to go a long way to uh, helping them build confidence as their uh, season progresses. All right, let's look at another matchup coming up here this week. Another tough one on the slate for Wellsboro. Now, they're going to be in the home-friendly confines this coming Friday night, taking on a very tough South Williamsport team. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, Wellsboro, unfortunately, I think right now, they're getting bit by uh, the numbers bug. But, you know, there's still a lot of talent there with senior quarterback Isaac Keen, uh, senior back there. Callahan you know you've still got Connor Adams in the fold too but Wellsboro right now I think they're just kind of bit by the numbers game the depth game and you know now you've got a very stubborn South Williamsport team and you know I think traditionally what makes South Williamsport kind of a pain in the neck to play and I think it's always the same thing uh, you know, kind of the same argument I think you can use for Troy as well that's been, you know, kind of the same argument used for them over these last few years is, you know, they're stubborn, they're a pain in the neck because they stick to what they do well and you can't get them out of their game. Like, they're still going to do what they want to do. Like, for South Williamsport, they've always traditionally been tight end, eye formation, pound the ball. Tight end, eye formation, pound the ball, you know. Troy traditionally – Pound the ball option, pound the ball option, you know, and they just keep doing what they do. And that's what makes South Williamsport such a pain in the neck to play as well. And now, you know, they've got, uh, as always, another big uh, squad this year, of course. They've got, uh, you know, the Lorson kid back. Uh, Lane Lusk is still there. So still a lot of talent with that South Williamsport team. You know, after their big win over Kalineski Valley Friday night, they're going to be looking to keep their momentum. Wellsboro, though, uh, how, does they, how do they bounce back, I should say? after, unfortunately, falling to Montoursville this past week. So, I mean, they've got, uh, you know, some uh, ships to write. But I think if there's one thing uh, that Wellsboro can definitely do is I think, you know, they can take advantage of the turf. They can take advantage of their speed. And uh, we'll see, you know, this week if, uh, you know, they're able to hold up. But I think this one's going to be uh, another great matchup uh, for the folks over there in Wellsboro this Friday night. Uh, will be interesting to see, uh, you know, who comes away with this victory. Both teams uh, very evenly matched. A lot of skill set out there on 
on the field uh, for Coach Hildebrand at Wellsboro, Coach Eisworth uh, down at South Williamsport. Uh, you know, another matchup we were talking about here just a little while ago, uh, Canton, of course, hosting Tawanda coming up on Friday night. What adjustments will we see out of the Black Knights? I'm really curious to see. You know, I think Grady Flynn last week had a uh, a very uh, kind of an interesting first start uh, to his varsity career. You know, I think you know at times uh, he was very, uh, I guess I want to say, protective of the ball. I'm curious to see. I think this week maybe if he uh, gets a little more uh, confidence to kind of just go out there and sling it. You know, I think if uh, Tawanda is going to stay in this game on the scoreboard, I think he's definitely going to have to try and sling it around a little bit more just to try and see if some holes can get opened up, uh, you know, maybe loosen up that Warrior defense and see if maybe uh, Vanderpool and West maybe have uh, some bigger running lanes to go through this week as well. But, you know, on the other side, uh, you know, Tawanda defensively, I mean, they gave up 46 points last week to the Sarah Redskins. Now, of course, Sarah's going to put up probably 40 points on a lot of teams this year. But for Tawanda, I mean, it's basically out of the frying pan into the fire here uh, on the defensive side this week as you're playing uh, two of the most dominant offenses here in the Northern Tier League this year. And, of course, last week, I mean, uh, you know, Sarah brought probably, what, five, six offensive guys to the party as well. Canton's going to do the same with a lot of their backs, a lot of their combinations as far as how they run the ball. So Tawanda defensively, they're definitely going to have to get uh, a little more, uh, I guess you could say, stringent, maybe a little more uh, tight up front. They've got to be able to uh, close some gaps and, uh, you know, not let the Warrior ground game get going or else it could be a long night uh, for the Black Knights defensively. Now for the Warriors, uh, you know, I don't see a lot really changing in their game plan. I think they kind of have uh, a plan in place of how they want to attack teams this year. I think they have the ability to, uh, you know, attack in the middle. I think they have the ability to attack on the edge uh, as far as the run game goes. Will the pass game be uh, as much of a factor this year for Canton? Uh, I think, you know, they're definitely going to mix it in here and there where they want to. I think they're going to pick their spots, whereas more, you know, from the last couple of years being in the spread, uh, you saw Cooper Kitchen kind of slinging around a lot more. I, I don't really think that's kind of their uh, A plan this year. I think if they can try try and control the game on the ground. I think that's what they're going to do, and that's why you're going to see probably four or five guys a game getting touches on the ball. I think they're going to take advantage of their depth. I think they're going to take advantage of the fresh legs, and I think they're going to try and wear down teams that way. So we'll see uh, you know, what the game plan is coming in here to Friday night, but definitely expecting a lot of multiple names uh, to be called, mainly you know, Riley Parker, uh, Weston Bellows. I think you'll see have a lot of touches. Uh, you'll probably see Michael Davis again have uh, another big uh, night probably too for the Warriors as he'll get his touches too after his two-touchdown performance this past weekend. Uh, against uh, the North Penn Mansfield Panthers. But I think one other thing to kind of keep in the mix here this week for Canton is I think they get another key cog back this week. I believe, now don't quote me on this, but I believe the Warriors are going to get uh, Hayden Ward back into the fold this week as well. I think he's finally uh, looking uh, to make his first appearance this week for the Canton Warriors too. So if you had Hayden Ward into that mix already, what they've already got, uh, boy, that just adds another great uh, cog in the engine there uh, for the Warriors. But no, I, you know, I think overall, you know, there's just a lot of things I'm looking forward to uh, with this one, you know, and of course I'm going to have this one coming up on Wiggle 100 on Friday night. I want to see, you know, what uh, adjustments Grady Flynn makes coming into this matchup. You know, I think, uh, you know, Quentin Woodburn may be one of those very underrated kind of uh, – uh, not well-known receivers yet that may be blossoming 
right in front of our eyes. So I'm curious to see uh, how Flynn and him, uh, you know, kind of get together this week. Of course, last week, uh, you know, Flynn, I think main target was uh, Elias Schroeder. So, you know, Tawanda's got some capabilities there, and uh, we'll just see how it all comes together coming up on Friday night uh, in Warrior Country. But, uh, you know, like I said, uh, Canton, after putting up 48 points, uh, they've got a lot of depth, a lot of offense, and I don't think they're looking to slow down. And after uh, Tawanda surrendered 46 last week, uh, I don't think uh, that's the envious task of the defensive staff for Tawanda now to have to wonder, oh man, now we got a 48-point team coming, uh, you know, in our uh, as our next opponent as well. So, but hey, you know what? That's why we play the game on Fridays. We'll see, uh, you know, if the momentum carries over here for Canton on Friday, or does Tawanda come in uh, with a pretty stingy game plan of their own? That's why we play the game, folks, and I love it. All right, now, of course, our last week uh, two matchup here that we're going to discuss here in this preview, Troy-Athens, uh, you know, always a good rivalry game. This week it goes to Alumni Stadium in Athens where the Wildcats will be waiting 1-0 on the season, looking to see if they can keep uh, hometown momentum on their side coming into this one. Now, uh, for the Wildcats this week, you know, they're probably, if I had to guess, knowing, you know, Coach Young the way that I do, I, I would expect this week to be a pretty heavy dose of Shane Reed in some capacity. I don't know if it's going to be running the ball. I don't know if it's going to be catching the ball. But, uh, you know, from uh, what I've heard uh, out of uh, the Athens area this week, I think, uh, you know, this week it's definitely going to be probably a week to lean on Shane Reed a little bit more. Now, I'm not saying you can take the focus away from J.J. Babcock either, but uh, I think Shane Reed, you know, is so multifaceted that uh, he can really cause problems uh, for the defense. And, you know, I heard he had a really good offseason in the weight room too. So, I mean, you put uh, some speed uh, with some muscle uh, like Shane Reed has done this offseason, and, well, that's just going to point uh, to some very good things. But, uh, you know, I think this week as well you're going to see a lot of pride coming out here from the Trojans. You know, last week was a very hot, humid Saturday night. Uh, I don't really know if we saw the best version of the Trojans yet. I think that's still to come, and uh, I expect to see and expect to hear, uh, you know, a whole different version coming out this week there's so much senior pride on that team you know Mason Impt uh, you know just you know as good of a performer as he's been over these last couple of years and how much uh, he's going to be counted on up front I don't uh, you know see him uh, having a couple of bad games in a row I expect him to come out and uh, have a really good performance here for the Trojans on Friday night. But, of course, you know, it's not just him. Uh, you know, I think Justice Kimmicks has to find a way to kind of get that triple option going from under center. I think Damian Landon has to find a way to find some openings and kind of get uh, that Athens defense loosened up as well. But, you know, I think uh, Troy defensively, it's kind of uh, interesting this week too because, I mean, you're facing another team who's got uh, a lot of offensive firepower coming into this week. But, I mean, we'll, uh, uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's just I'm so torn on this one as far as, you know, what I think could happen. I mean, I think this game has the potential to be uh, maybe a, a scoreboard runner where I think you could see these teams exchanging points. Or you could see one of those uh, quirky Athens-Troy games where it might come down to like a 21-17 type of contest. I mean, I just, I just don't know here because, you know, we are still in the early part of the season. But I think there's, uh, you know, a, a big kind of uh, red light kind of going on here above both teams. You know, Troy knows a win over Athens 
gets them uh, righted on the ship, and you know they're back into the win column. Athens knows they have an opportunity here to jump and potentially get a big win here in the early part of the year because if you beat Troy here in this uh, NTL large school division, I mean, that right there will be a, a big stamp uh, going forward towards the large school title. So, I mean, there's just uh, a lot of questions to be answered uh, coming into this one here at Alumni Stadium. Of course, you can hear this one on 95.3 The Bridge and, of course, online at 953thebridge.com as well. So looking forward to see, uh, you know, if the uh, how, how quickly uh, the adjustments are made, you know, what uh, Troy learned from last week, what they incorporate and bring into this one. And for Athens, you know, uh, will Mason Lister be counted on this week to maybe sling it around a little bit more and see if maybe they can open some things up through the passing game. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about Coach Young, I know he likes to live and die with that ground game, and he's going to try his best uh, to get something going with that uh, coming up Friday too. So, so many variables in this one, but looking forward to more great Friday night football action, that's for sure. Okay, so I think we've probably talked enough football here to start the podcast this week. Uh, you would probably agree. So what do you say we kind of uh, break mold here and uh, let's go over to some girls' soccer action. we got that coming up in just a little bit as we've got Northeast Bradford girls' soccer coach Josh Thoman. He's waiting on the uh, podcast hotline this week. So we're going to talk with Coach Thoman coming up here in just a short. So folks, kick back, relax. More great sports talk comes your way next right here on the NTL. Now podcast. At Mansfield University, we're proud to offer affordable, life-changing education with more than 40 degree programs. From two-year degrees to bachelor's and master's programs, Mansfield University has something for everyone. Small class sizes allow students to receive a personalized, hands-on education, making the value of your degree go even further. Learn how an affordable education at Mansfield University can benefit you at mansfield.edu. All right, and welcome back here this week on the NTL Now podcast. Unfortunately, though, this week uh, we are not going to have Head coach Henry Labarani from the Wyalusing Rams football team. Unfortunately, some circumstances came up beyond our control. So we will not have Coach Labarani to talk some Wyalusing Rams football with uh, this week. But, hey, we'll catch up with him coming up at a later date and time. However, as promised, we are going to talk some girls soccer action this week here on the podcast. And that gives me great pleasure this week to welcome in head coach Josh Thoman from the Northeast Bradford Lady Panthers. Coach Thoman, thank you so much for taking some time this week here for the podcast absolutely all right coach so you know this is uh, obviously your first time being on the podcast definitely enjoy uh having a new coach here on the podcast and uh you know i just kind of want to dive in and uh kind of give us a little background on yourself i mean how long have you been uh, at the helm of this program yeah, i've actually been coaching at northeast bradford uh, this is my sixth year right now um, I've coached, you know, priors in the past, you know, all the youth actually for 11 years. And uh, I took the varsity position, like I said, six years ago. And I've uh, been doing it ever since, and I enjoy it very well. Now, was this, uh, you know, kind of a, a sport you grew up playing? I mean, is soccer kind of a sport that, you know, you really enjoy? Or is this more of a, you know, you just kind of enjoy uh, being around uh, the players? You just like, uh, you know, kind of being a, a mentor, a leader type thing? 
Got to actually both. I mean, I, I played, you know, uh, when I was in high school, you know, at Northeast Bradford, too, uh, since I was a freshman, all the way up through my senior year. And uh, um, I have five kids now, and they all enjoy soccer. And uh, I just took the position over. Like I said, I coached all the youth, you know, all you know, some of my kids coming up through the youth, and I still coach youth as well. And uh, like I said, I enjoy trying to teach the best that I can teach. I mean, just because I've, you know, done it for so long, so. I'm hoping that it uh, pays off here soon. All right, so we've got the 2021 season here upon us. Uh, you know, I was checking out uh, some of the write-ups and such on, uh, you know, some of the girls' soccer teams, some of the boys' soccer teams. I know, you know, everybody's getting amped up for soccer season to begin. Uh, you know, I'm going to kind of turn this over to you, Coach. I mean, it's the, the Lady Panther season's uh, right around the corner here. I mean, what's uh, what are some of the uh, high points you're looking forward to here coming up this season? I mean, one of my high points, I mean, is, I mean, obviously to make it to district and district playoffs. Um, we haven't been there the last two years, like I said, because we have a very young team. Um, we have 14 total, which is a small team. I mean, I have five freshmen, uh, two sophomores, uh, five juniors, and only two seniors. Uh, but the, the backbone of this team, I think, is going to be the juniors. I mean, because, I mean, they've been, I mean, very tough coming up, you know, at the younger level when they were playing youth, and I'm hoping this year it finally starts to pay off for them. Um, like I said, because they've been very dedicated to the sport, and we have some very, very talented young girls you know, in that group, and hopefully the freshmen can see that, like I said, because we have five freshmen that are new, and we ha you know, we're a very small team. We have to play everybody, so I'm hoping you know, this year is a very, very strong year for us, and also next year as well. Now, let me ask you this. Obviously, you've grown up in the Northeast Bradford culture, so you pretty much already know the obstacles in front of you as far as, you know, low numbers from time to time and, uh, you know, kind of that obstacle that it presents. I mean, how do you, you know, kind of prepare yourself to, you know, coach a team with low numbers knowing that, you know, the depth really isn't there and you have to try and find a way to get the most out of these girls to be able to play, you know, 40 minutes every night? Right. I, like I said, it's, it's very tough, like I said, because we are so small. And I told all these girls, actually, today we had a meeting because we didn't, I mean, obviously, because uh, it was raining now. But we did some class time, some discussion. And I told them, I, it's tough being small. I think, cause, I mean, you have to play everybody. Even though you're small on numbers, you can't, you don't have a team of 22, 25 girls on the bench where you could pull 11 that want to play in the game. I mean, you're set up where you have to play you know, your 14, 13 numbers, and we run into obstacles, you know, where you have injuries. I mean, these girls, I'm trying to train these girls, you're playing 80 minutes of the game, not, you know, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there. I mean, like I said, we're a small, small school, small team, and they have to be conditioned enough to play 80 minutes versus. Now, how do you make sure, you know, the conditioning is there? What's that? I mean, now how do you make sure that the, the conditioning is there for this team? I mean, do they buy into the whole, you know, okay, we've got to do a lot of running because we have to be, you know, more conditioned than our opponents each and every week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do core training. We do um, my assistant, like I said, Michelle Cole, she does outstanding at core training with these girls to get them ready. I mean, we do running. We do, you know, all different kind of obstacles, just trying to get them prepared to play if they have to play, you know, because, I mean, if you watch any collegiate level, I mean, they put 11 players out there and those 11 players stay out there. I mean, very seldom they stop. So I'm trying to get these girls in that mentality to, hey, you're on that field. You are in that spot. You play that spot. So I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it works out. 
You know, Coach, you mentioned it earlier. You've been at the helm of this Northeast Bradford girls team for right around six years now. And, of course, that means uh, you've seen the, the league as well over the last six years. Of course, you know, you see uh, the likes of uh, like an Athens and a Troy, you know, usually uh, towards the top and uh, trying to inch their way towards league titles and such. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioning uh, the small numbers and such. Uh, how do you approach maybe uh, building your program up to uh, being, you know, maybe at the level of some of those teams who have been towards the top more over the last few years. I mean, is that something that, you know, you look at and uh, how do you approach it? I guess you have to kind of look at the girls coming up. That's why I kind of coach, I coach the youth teams as well. So I try to, even I try, try to get down and watch the youth as they progress up through to try to teach them at that younger level, hey, this is what we need to expect from you at the varsity level because we're such a small school and small number in, in groups. Like, I try to get that mentality first at the younger level. That that way, by the time they reach their freshman year and sophomore year, that they already know kind of what to expect in the years coming forward. And like I said, it's hard to practice. I mean, you have to do a lot of different kinds of drills. Like I said, we only have 14, so it's not like we can go out there at practice and scrimmage 11 v. 11. I mean, we have to, you know, pull some other sources sometimes with the boys or, you know, sometimes I even have like a, a open field, you call it, to kind of bring in other players to be able to do some, you know, side scrimmages. Hey, you know, that's another interesting tactic as well uh, as far as, you know, maybe trying to uh, get people interested or just even get people out there, uh, you know, to try to and learn about the sport. I mean, that's kind of another angle I, I want to come at you as well with. I mean, how do you go about maybe, you know, trying to find, you know, other girls who may not have grown up with soccer but maybe try to get them interested to maybe increase your numbers? Like I said, it's, I mean, we try, I mean, like our youth program is very outstanding and we have, this year we have record numbers in our youth league. So, I, I mean, I always try to reach down to them and try to pull girls here and there because even, I mean, we even have, you know, open, open fields throughout the summer to try to recruit different girls coming into play. Um, my, like I said, my assistant works at the school, so she tries going, you know, door to door, you know, classrooms to try to pull different, you know, students in. Cause only having two seniors, I think out of the entire grade to me, is a small number versus you have five juniors, you know, and five freshmen coming in, and we only have two sophomores. So it's like we want to try to get more girls coming into play, but for some reason they just kind of either fade off and you got those stages where they, I mean, you have a, a big group like the juniors and the freshmen, you got five and five, and then you, you know, you split the difference in two sophomores, two seniors. It's, it's tough. I mean, if you had those five numbers throughout, I mean, you would have 25 girls, you know, so it's, it, it's a little tough in that small school. All right, so let's now go back and uh, let's kind of start projecting here on this 2021 season, uh, talking with uh, head coach Josh Thoman of the Northeast Bradford girls soccer team. And Josh, you know, you look at this season in front of you here, uh, you know uh, the amount of girls that you have, uh, but talk about the league as a whole. I mean, obviously, you know, Athens is going to be there. The Troy girls obviously have uh, some athletes as well out there. Wellsboro seems to always find a few diamonds in the rough, too. I mean, where where do you see kind of this league uh, going to be at this year? I mean, where do you see uh, where, where Northeast stacks up in this league? Me, all these girls, since they were smaller and seen the other leagues for a long period of time, I mean, a lot of these schools, Athens, Troy, Wellsboro, they've lost a lot of seniors last year, I mean, from graduating. So, I mean, our numbers in 
the way the outlook is looking, it's actually looking pretty good for Northeast. Like, I'm, I'm seeing ourselves up there with Athens and Detroit. I mean, I say this to the girls every year. They have the potential to go far, but it's up to them to do it on the field. I mean, they have they have the, the passing. They have the, 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 the skills to, to score. They have the defense. They have the aggressiveness. I mean, they have the dedication to, to be what it takes to be in the top three this year. That's always some good positivity to have, you know, to, uh, you know, try to get the most uh, that you can for sure. And, of course, uh, to see, you know, such a positive outlook uh, heading into this season. Because, you know, I always feel like, you know, sometimes in sports, you know, we see like the, the same teams kind of in the mix all the time. And, you know, for Northeast Bradford girls soccer, you know, I kind of hear this energy in your voice that, you know, you're, you're expecting big things this year. So kind of talk to us about, you know, some of the, the key players you're looking at this year. I mean, who's really going to have to step up and, uh, you know, kind of be that leader, maybe uh, a couple of vocal leaders or whatever to help make this thing go the way you're expecting? Yep. Like I said, I have uh, two of my captains this year are uh, uh, Kaylee Foman. Uh, she's one of my captains and Michaela Post. Um, and they actually both play defense for me. Uh, Kaylee can actually play, I mean, anywhere on the field she can play. Uh, but she's really been dominant and wants to play on that center deep back uh, defensive line to kind of control things and kind of see what's happening out on the field. Um, like I said, very aggressive. I mean, I got two girls, I mean, that have the best throws in the league by far that I've seen in the last six years. I mean, I got uh, Kaylee Thoman. She can do a flip throw. Uh, and it goes, like I said, just as far as a corner kick. And then also Sienna Frisbee that can do a throw further than I've seen any boy do one. Um, and like I said, in, another key player is uh, Kira Thoman and Melanie Shumway. Uh, Melanie Shumway, she's a uh, uh, sophomore. And uh, she's in the midfield position, but she is one of the fastest girls I've seen in the league. And like I said, if, if we can combine all these things and try to get them to work together, uh, great things are going to pay off for these girls. And like I said, they've been working on communication, which is key in soccer. You know, you're, you're not going to go anywhere on the field. And uh, we also pulled actually a senior that she didn't play last year. She played the year before. She kind of took last year off as uh, Maisie Huber. Uh, like I said, one heck of an athlete. Uh, she's on my wing. And, I mean, I think, like I said, these girls, if they put everything together like they do on practice but put it on the field, and into play, they're going to be they're going to be a team to look out for. It's always good, you know, to have uh, that positive vibe, and I, I love hearing this, you know, kind of uh, ecstatic feeling coming through your voice uh, about this upcoming season. Now, uh, you know, kind of talk to us about, uh, you know, kind of the way your schedule falls here uh, a little bit. You know, I mean, I know uh, you're going to have your tough league games along the way, but, I mean, how did you kind of uh, do your scheduling this year? I mean, did you reach out, maybe look for uh, a few tough games uh, at the uh, out-of-the-league sense? I mean, how do you think uh, your schedule stacks up this year? It's not – I mean, the schedule – kind of what it is this year i mean with all the issues we had last year i mean we kind of went through a uh, athletic director change so the athletic director last year kind of scheduled all the games and we had a new one come in and the way he kind of scheduled some things weren't what i anticipated but i mean it is what it is i mean he did reach out to different schools uh like loyal stock we haven't played them yet mountain view we haven't played them ever um, so I'm kind of looking forward to, I, I mean, I always like to play different schools and I want to see the different levels and, you know, all that other stuff that way we can either learn from it or not learn from it. So, uh, I mean, for the most part, I mean, it's, you know, while Lucy Athens, Troy, Williamson, 
in, like I said, a couple different other schools that we haven't played before. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, every every team's different, and uh, I mean, I'm excited for the girls. You know. You know, you've got district dreams this year for this group. Uh, you've, you know, mentioned numerously here throughout the interview that you've got uh, a really good sense of belief that, you know, if these girls just buckle down and believe in their talents, that they can be right there, you know, in the hunt for a potential playoff berth. I mean, what would it mean, you know, to you after being with this program for six years uh, to watch this group, you know, that you've watched all through the youth clinch a potential berth this year for the playoffs? Oh, it would be amazing. I mean, these girls, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've worked with, I've coached all these girls since they were, you know, five, six years old. And if they could pull something off like that, which I know they can, as long as they put their minds to it and put it on the field, it would, it would be incredible. You know, I know there's a lot of uh, Panther pride, I guess you could say, uh, amongst all the athletic programs over there, whether it be in the fall sports, winter sports, or in the spring sports. But, you know, I got to tell you, I really enjoy, you know, the enthusiasm and, uh, you know, the encouragement you've got heading into this season. And, uh, I mean, it's got to be uh, kind of a great feeling knowing that uh, you could get the Northeast Bradford Panthers fall season off to a great start here uh, with uh, what could be projected here in your your girls' soccer season. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, you. I mean, you're always here in Troy. You know, I mean, they have great athletes. Athens has great athletes. Wellsboro has, you know, great athletes. You know, large schools. I mean, you're you're pulling from you know large numbers, and I mean, to have these 14 girls, you know, come up and pull something like that off, I think to me it would just be remarkable, and it'd be a, it would be a definitely an impact, and it would definitely highlight you know Northeast Bradford. All right, Coach. Well, you know what? Uh, you are now the third Northeast Bradford coach who has been on the podcast uh, so far. I've had the privilege of uh, talking with uh, Coach Bergert a few times. I've had the privilege of uh, talking with Coach Franklin, the softball coach, last spring. And now I get to add the girls' soccer coach to the uh, list as well. So I got to ask you, Coach, uh, you know, before we get you out of here, uh, for your first appearance here on the podcast, were you aware there was a podcast uh, before you were even? asked to do this no i did not <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that tends to be uh one of the answers i get but i'm sure uh you know the girls are going to be excited for you now because now you're going to have to tell your girls you know hey you know coach was just uh doing a feature on the podcast this week so definitely uh make sure you spread the word and uh, we'll definitely be following you along the way and uh coach thanks again for taking some time here this week on the pod and uh we'll definitely uh you know wish you the best of luck here as you get ready to get the season started and uh good luck through the season and hopefully you get that district playoff berth that you're hoping for yeah me too i really appreciate it thank you and there you have it, head coach Josh Thoman from Northeast Bradford Girls Soccer and our little bit of Coach's Corner here this week. Special thanks to Coach Thoman for uh, joining us here on the podcast as well. Also, folks, I uh, want to remind you, make sure you're following us on social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, or, of course, at NTL Now Pod on Twitter as well. And, of course, uh, again, want to thank uh, Coach Labarani from Wyalusing for uh, reaching out. Unfortunately, we had to reschedule that, so hopefully we'll talk Wyalusing football next week, as well as boys soccer with Tawanda coach Tom Lambert as well. Both of those coaches uh, will be on the docket, hopefully, for either next week or a future episode here on the podcast as well. But it's a busy week of NTL football coming up. I will be live in Canton on Friday night. 
as the Warriors will host Tawanda. You can tune in for that on Wiggle 100, also online at Wiggle100.com. My co-worker Kenny Lane, he will be in the Valley at Alumni Stadium in Athens as it will be Troy and uh, Athens on 95.3 The Bridge, also online at 953thebridge.com as well. And of course, remember, you can check out scores, recaps, and more online at Northern Tier Sports Report, ntsportsreport.com, or of course, follow the West teams as well by following ntwsportsreport.com too. All right, well, it's been a fun week to talk sports and uh, definitely looking forward to more weeks to come here. And uh, hopefully next week, we'll have some more coaches along and uh, pretty soon, We'll be uh, reaching out to athletes as well. So definitely uh, looking forward to a good football weekend ahead. Everybody out there, have yourselves a safe and happy Labor Day weekend too. And we'll be back next week to talk more Northern Tier Sports. I'm Shane Wilbur, and as always, the NTL Now podcast is an exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.